Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. There's a lot of uh, political challenges now for the liberal government, but as, but as Canadians, we are wondering about our national safety. As I said, I mean, our government is supposed to keep us safe. There is no inquiry of the David Johnson report so far. It would be fair to say without any polling that it has not caused a lot of easing of anxiety. There are many questions. I know I have many. And then there's the ominous calls for an inquiry and those in the know. As I mentioned, now we know Aaron O'Toole has been has been spoken to about the degree he was targeted and his family, Michael Chong, others, and Stephen Harper weighing in, saying that Chinese interference may have been much worse than we know. Charles Burton joining us, who is with the Macdonald Laurier Institute, a former diplomat in Beijing, a professor of political science at Brock University. Charles, good afternoon. Thanks for being here. Good afternoon, Arlene. Charles, you and I have talked about China and Canada's relationship with China for a very long time. When David Johnson dropped his report, were you surprised? I said I was very surprised at the beginning of the show. Were you? Oh, yes. I was absolutely shocked uh, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, that he would reject all of the um, reports of Sam Cooper in Global News and Bob Fife and Steve Chase in the Globe and Mail, who had been leaked documents by people in the security sector who you know, were frustrated that they had been issuing so many warnings to the government that had not been actioned. Um, you know, he dismissed all those as misconstrued. Uh, he says that, um, you know, he'd reviewed other intelligence, which suggested that all of those reports are not founded. Um you know, I, he had two months, interviewed dozens of people, had probably hundreds of relevant documents that he should have looked at, doing it with his executive assistant and uh, a lawyer, a distinguished lawyer, has the Order of Canada, Sheila Block, that we subsequently found out has been has donated $7,000 to the Liberal Party, so another unfortunate choice for this position. I don't think that he could really have done enough vigorous investigation to to uh, come to the conclusion they came to, which is that the prime minister and his ministers have never heard anything about uh, Chinese malfeasance, and that's why they didn't act. Um, you know, I, I think that he's probably a man of great honor, and if he looks the prime minister in the eye and says, did you know, and the prime minister says he didn't, uh, Mr. Johnson writes that down and would find it. Said, well, righty, right, um, right, so. Insulting insulting (laughs) to say anything different, you know, to to challenge him on that point. I think he's been flim-flammed. He was Mm -hmm. definitely the wrong man for the job. And I think it's time they got someone serious in, say, Richard Fadden or someone like that, to actually, you know, do a, a proper study, properly funded, go through everything and have people speak under oath, be subpoenaed to speak under oath, and that there will be consequences for people who lie or refuse to to give the full story. You know, that's the only way Canadians are going to get to the bottom of this. It's, so I, I feel sorry for Mr. Johnson. I, I really do. I, mm-hmm. I just think that he's way out of his depth and way out of his time. 
Yeah, it is. I, I was very shocked, too. And as you mentioned, Richard Fadden, we talked with Richard Fadden, and he just believed this was just such a, an enormous wake-up call, really bringing up, too, that for many people, and probably yourself as well, that the motivation of the CSIS leakers has to be in their mind. Charles, you know, we know that they took a big chance on this. They could do jail time. If they're discovered, how will they feel right now, Charles? If you went out in a limb and this happened, I mean, many feel that they may leak again or make another move, or do they have anything else we don't know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if I was in CSIS and was aware of what's really going on and recognized that, you know, all of my investigations and information the government has been thrown into the back of a drawer in the prime minister's office and nothing will come of it. After getting Mr. Johnston's report, you know, I think more people would be emboldened to say, look, there's more here. You know, how much information do we have to leak until people really start getting the message? So I would expect there'll be an avalanche of further revelations coming through. At least I wouldn't be surprised. And everybody, uh, you know, the, the Chinese diaspora organizations, the Uyghurs, the Tibetans, the Hong Kong, the Tibetan activists are unhappy with Mr. Johnson's report. Nobody seems satisfied except um, the prime minister and the ministers of the crown and the senior civil servants who might be subject to investigation if there is a public inquiry. So, you know, that should say a lot about uh, what the next step is. And, um, you know, I just can't believe that this matter will be swept under the rug. And by the time Parliament comes back in September, you know, everyone will move on to other things and the Chinese government can continue to engage in these activities as they have been all these years. I, I, I just can't imagine that it could get that bad in terms of appeasement of the um, Chinese Communist Party's operations here in our country. I, I want to ask you, you know, I've, I've been referencing uh, former Prime Minister Stephen Harper, who made comments uh, a little while ago, and, and they've become public saying he did, he believes that Chinese election interference may be far worse than what we know. I mean, there's just a feeling that this is, this has just been growing like a noxious weed, and we've either not being paying attention are we returning the other way, Charles? Well, I mean, when the Harper government came into power, I, you know, being an idealistic young man, I sent a memo uh, to the prime minister's office and got a couple of meetings there warning of exactly this. Wow. And, you know, not a lot happened. I mean, there are people within both parties who are sympathetic to the idea that we need to get the Chinese money out of the system and you know, don't have people who are thinking, well, if I if I go easy on China, maybe they'll have some good benefits after retirement from law firms or businesses that do work with China and so on, who otherwise I'd be toxic to if I had been a bit more vocal about China. Um, you know, this is not new news to, to me, or as you say, the stuff that's come out of the thesis revelations have been things that we've been talking about on your radio programs for years. It's just that getting it from CSIS seems to give it a kind of authority that previously, you know, people might have thought that I was just talking about circumstantial evidence or innuendo or whatever, but it's pretty true. It's pretty clear that it's absolutely true. So the question is, you know, the people who are have to be made accountable for this before we're going to take action against it. But, you know, the big statistic that came out on CTV last week 
was that China has 176 diplomats here in Canada and only 178 in all of the United States, 60 in Australia and so on. So, I mean, they have this enormous diplomatic cohort here, and I think it's because, you know, they're they're agents of the Ministry of State Security and the Chinese Communist United Front Work Department are able to operate here so freely and so successfully. You got it. And those numbers tell a story. What drove you to do that? What were you seeing? Well, I was seeing exactly what what we have now, which is, you know, far too many um, politicians who were apparently increasingly under the influence of the Chinese regime, which affected their their advice to government, um, people who, you know, are not forthcoming about these connections. So I just felt that there should be some equivalent to a foreign influence registry act so that people who are receiving funds from a foreign government while in a position of public trust or after they leave that position of public trust uh, should be declaring that publicly. And, and uh, you know, that wasn't happening. I think that it's like all our governments, there seems to be a split between those who, you know, believe that we should promote prosperity mm-hmm. through doing as much with China as possible and the others who are more concerned about China's infringement on our security and sovereignty and feel that we should be addressing things like Chinese espionage and influence operations in the defense of our Canadian values and and uh, preventing our politicians from, you know, thinking more about what's good for China as opposed to what's good for Canada. So, you know, this has been an ongoing issue for a very long time for me. And uh, it's great to see that it's entered into the public domain. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners, you know, really understand that the government needs to now take some effective action to put an end to it. All right. Uh, let me ask you, you just said something that was really important. You said that you sent a note. You said you saw things or are you did you feel at the time that there were Canadians who were under the influence and didn't know it? I mean, when you say you were witnessing this stuff, did you get a sense that China was asking people to do their bidding? Well, you know, it, I think it's a very subtle process of a long period of engagement where they cast the net wide. You know, do you remember some years ago, the case of Bob Deckert, the uh, parliamentary Mm -hmm. secretary to Minister of Foreign Affairs, Baird, who, you know, had what was described as a flirtatious relationship with a New China News Agency reporter. Um, You know, clearly that it, it came out to light and, you know, nothing happened in terms of any betrayal of Canadian trust, but one could see the Chinese were maybe hoping that this thing could develop and that they could derive some strategic benefit to their intelligence services through um, Mr. Deckard. I, that would be my speculation. Um, that reporter I looked into quite closely. She had never actually published anything, so I don't think she was. Uh, if she was a reporter, she certainly wasn't doing much reporting. But you know, she certainly was spending a bit of time, uh, um, you know, engaging in flirtatious relationship with a man who was several decades her senior. It was all the rage, wasn't it, Charles? Not the flirtatious, not that we know it, although we've all watched James Bond and other things. We know what a honeypot is. But, Charles, we we were, I was doing interviews with people for years about engagement. We had huge conversations about, as a country, what do we do about Beijing and the Olympics? Oh, if we engage, the economic rewards will be there. We will pull them along. It was a line of thinking that was pretty hard to cross at the time. And now, look where we are. Exactly. I mean, I remember the 
enormous controversy when Prime Minister Harper decided not to attend the opening ceremony of the Beijing Olympics. Yeah. Uh, mind you, you know, four years later, when they had the opening ceremony of the Olympics in London, there wasn't a senior Chinese official, you know, above the level of deputy mayor of Beijing attending. So, uh, you know, it did seem as if there was kind of a double standard that we had to bend over backwards to show some kind of um, exaggerated respect for the Chinese regime, or we would lose opportunities to to diversify our economy away from our dependence with the United States. And, you know, that China is the rising power and therefore if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. I think that attitude was there for a long time, but it's really come back to haunt us, you know, with the Kovrigan's favor business and the economic coercion that China exerted on us to try and get us to do things their way. And, and now this extensive network of, of interference in our democratic processes by a foreign power that and reports in the newspapers, you know, I think that uh, I think that finally we're we're getting the message that we we shouldn't be um, compromising our Canadian values out of a misapprehension that great benefits will derive to Canada if we do so. If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.